Hey everyone, this is Mitchell. I'm gonna do our thank yous this week to all our uh, wonderful Patreons. Means a lot to get your support. It means a lot for anyone to listen and then to also support us with a bit of change, a little bit of jingle. Uh, it's it means the world. It's it's I, it still blows my mind. <laughs> that didn't that I didn't that didn't come out exactly right. But thank you, Mary Rain, Chris Walsh. Mike Hammond, Michael Polod, Jason Campbell. Thank you, guys. Olga Krasik, Michelle B., Noreen Elizabeth, David Forsey, and Heather Baird. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Cheryl Nash, Chelsea Dabb, and Shell Scott. Thank you guys so much. This is, uh, you know, uh, it makes me so happy when people reach out and support us and We've been getting some really nice messages and words of encouragement, and uh, we're glad you guys like it, and uh, have a good listen. We're, we're trapped in the ethereal plane. Oh, boy. Old Benjamin ate some crazy fruit after Bree did it first, so talk to her about the consequences. <laughs> All right, guys. I love you. Uh, have a fun time. Hello, Yuri Ditchdigger here, your resident law bard, to catch you up on what happened last time on Wonders and Blunders. The party finds themselves trapped on the ethereal plane, a ghostly world laid over their own. After checking through their magic items, they realize that the compass of the lost could point them back to the nearest open portal to the material. But this discovery came too late for the stone around Rowan's neck, which mysteriously heated, shattered, and dulled, now resting in cracked pieces. They scavenge for food, finding a peyote-like fruit that gives you crazy dreams. And now they follow the compass's skeletal finger, hopefully towards their home, family and friends, on the Caravan of Wonders. So the fog has moved in, obscuring your vision beyond 60 feet. Uh, everything just goes into a blue-gray mist beyond that point, which swirls. As this kind of light breeze does blow through it, creating these little sort of sideways tornadoes of mist, you are close enough to the cabin to still be able to see uh, the cabin and its inhabitants now mostly resting. Diglin and Yuri especially have not been asleep at all and have been staying up throughout the night. Uh, keeping watch, looking for more probably of these spiders that have been making their way around. As uh, Ben tosses and turns in a seemingly tortured sleep. What was Ben thinking about before he went to sleep? Huh. Probably the eldritch horror that uh, assaulted his mind and um, about being left sitting crying at the mouth of a giant spider hole. Uh Makes sense. Yep. That's about right. <laughs> so, Ben, you find yourself uh, sitting on a platform surrounded by the strange honeycombs of that cave. No webs covering them now. This purple and blue light shooting up through them and this cold wind whipping around you in a vortex, uh, picking up your clothes and your hair. You see white feathers as well spinning in this vortex of air around you. What do you do? Uh run uh, from the cave. You get up to run and see that there is no exit to this cave. You are completely surrounded by this cage. 
uh, that you found yourself in before. It's like the lower part where the Shrieking Skull was sitting, but no webs, no exit out the top. You are perfectly enclosed in like this spherical honeycombed cage. Ben would uh, shift into his uh, owl form um, just to, to feel stronger and uh, slowly approach one of the honeycombed holes. Yeah, so you start to walk towards one of these honeycomb holes as you bend forward to kind of look out. The full force of that freezing wind hits you. You momentarily have to put your hands up in front of your face, your eyes squint closed. And then when they open again, you see that large something on the other side, this imprint in the side of its face, kind of like an eye, looking up at you and all of the wind stops and now it's just colors glowing over your face pass sort of through its body as it gazes up at you ben kind of yeah steals himself a little and uh, says um what are, what are you and the ground under you falls away the honeycombs all crack and explode outwards immediately disappearing into like the vast nothing and you fall Although it's difficult to tell that you're falling, um, you know you fall because you fall past this something, but there is no frame of reference around you, nothing close enough anymore to let you feel how quickly you're falling. And pretty soon it, it just feels like you are floating in nothing. You see colored spheres in all directions, glowing and dimming in unison, and you start to feel like you have fallen inside of this creature. Uh, and this creature is now everything that's around you in this kind of astral sea that you float in. Uh, I think Ben would call out to whom, like with his, uh, like not call out with his voice, but call out with his, I guess his heart, like uh, call out for his uh, his astral protector, you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, so when you call out to whom, you notice that you start, changing your direction now the these big orbs are moving you've picked up speed in such an incredible and unthinkable way almost immediately and you start speeding towards an orb that is like a deep black with purple dots inside of it and you speed towards this at high speed uh and you feel something almost like grasping and pulling at your back like like it's trying to keep you where you are but then these like big wings extend out of this black circle and envelop you into darkness uh, and you feel free from this thing that is pulling at you from behind for a moment you see a large tree and from inside of it you see two large eyes looking out at you and you wake up uh, uh, what, what hi hi guys what time is it right now uh, yeah, very early morning uh, probably probably like 6 a.m so yeah, Ben like sits so, up with a shot and looks. Oh, at so him. who's who's on watch then? Yeah. No, who's on second? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's on third. Um, Star's asleep. Let's be for real. He's not on watch. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe uh, it's Balin Rowan and then. Rowan just came off watch. Oh, okay. Uh, Bree okay, is so awake Bree. because Bree cannot sleep. Right. Um, oh yeah. And Bree, you can mark down a three. Uh, that is how many nights of sleeplessness you have left. Oh, uh, Ben, you can roll a d4. Okay. Good, 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 good. Three. Uh, so you will also have three nights without being able to sleep. Oh boy, that's gonna that's gonna add up on the old exhaustion train, I think. That could be brutal. 
don't forage for food unless you know what you're doing. <laughs> or just cook were, it. Uh huh. <laughs> just cook it. <laughs> Bree isn't really fond of cooking. <laughs> <laughs> well, now she's not fond of sleeping. <laughs> Maybe listen to the wizard when he says, don't eat the strange fruit. <laughs> yep. Bree would see you come too, Ben. Just be like, oh, are you okay? Having a, I, had a, I had a bad dream. Uh, they are strange dreams. Uh, they do not mean much. I would not worry. This one, I've had a lot of bad dreams. But this one felt worse. Well, you uh, you seem okay. Uh, there is nothing too, too wrong about you. Uh, uh, can I make a, a medicine check to... Like, diagnose? Sure. Ben? 15 plus 5, 20. There is really nothing wrong with him. You can smell uh, his sweat smells very strange uh, and reminiscent of the fruit itself. That that kind of strange, bland, but somewhat fruity smell is, is coming from mm. the, the sweat from his bad dream. Uh, but besides that, he doesn't seem... Uh, like, you, you look at his pupils, you look at his skin tone, everything like that seems healthy. Yeah, this is probably just some... Uh, uh problem with plane you know uh, you seem fine you seem young healthy boy okay this is probably probably from eating that fruit that you gave the, uh, well that saw you eating and you had you had a bad dream too right uh, uh, Bri had strange memory yes it was not uh, one that Bri had had before but uh, I, I do not know that it is from fruit I feel fine uh, in fact I I would almost say I feel better. I don't even feel tired. Okay, I guess all all dreams are memories you haven't had, I guess. Yes, or sometimes uh, memories that you have had. Right. Um, I think Ben just kind of like wipes the sweat off his forehead and runs his hand uh, through his hair, and a huge clump of hair comes out. And underneath is just like downy white feathers left instead of a bald skin. And he's just... Uh, looks at the clump of hair in his hand. Oh, okay, that's the, m the most that's ever come out. And he starts kind of tugging, like fidgeting with his hair, uh, and a bit more comes out. Uh, you are just uh, uh, molting. It is normal for a young child to molt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is not too bad you only have hair. Uh, we lose entire skin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Some <laughs> small blessings. Yeah, you will feel better when it all come out. Do not worry. He's like fresh new uh, pair of pants. <laughs> I, <laughs> I could really use a new pair of pants. <laughs> well, I am not sleeping, so it's good time for me to be working on, honestly. Okay. I can't button mine up anymore. All right, all right, all right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I guess on that note, Bree, uh, 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 goes scrounging through her satchels, um, for the, what was I making that out of? I believe the big Yeti wool skin. from the giant, no, no, uh, the, no. the, the, the giant, uh, oh, from yeah. the giant cloak. He had this, uh, really good wool. So we were mm -hmm. making pants out of that. Cool. So I would like right, to make my Yeti progress on Ben's really pants good. check. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, roll a d20 pants with check. the... I don't know. What, what skill have you been using for that? Survival? Survival, I think. Yeah. 13 plus 5, 18. Nice pants. Uh, and have you, have you worked on these before already? I think. I mean, we've generally been saying it's been part of my long rest. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would say then, uh, especially being able to stay up or ha being forced to stay up all night. Uh, <laughs> not your choice, mine. Um, <laughs> I'm in charge here. 
<laughs> uh, so I, I think you, you would definitely be able to finish those pants uh, over the course of that rest. Okay, great. Well, we will solve one problem at a time, Ben. Uh, you will feel better uh, after tomorrow's night's sleep, I am sure. I think I was dreaming I was back in the cave or the, the, the cage. Yes. And I saw the, the the big creature. I've never seen... Do you, do you think it was a god? My dad said gods are the biggest things there are. He's maybe... Think... He's not the biggest thing I have seen. Uh, but it... Uh... <laughs> Uh, I am not really sure how room works. Uh, we go in cave, and then cave go around cave. Uh, whole experience was very disorienting. It was horrible. Yes, it is uh, reasonable, I think, to have bad dream after such awful experience. I do not know you will ever forget that, Ben. I do not know that I will ever forget it. But you will learn to uh, find ways to... to feel differently about it over time. Let us learn from mistake and not uh, ride spiders into a uh, weird blue place. It's a good idea. We gotta, we, we have to learn from our mistakes, right? Yes. Otherwise, next time spider eats you. you when I, when we were in the cave and I didn't want to, I didn't want to stay, do you think I should have, I should have, I should have left and made everyone come with me? I do not know that anyone would listen to you, Ben. <laughs> you are still a small boy. It's sometimes better to listen to elders. In this case, probably not. It was a terrible decision to go in cave. Uh, we really ended up over our head, but in general, better to stay together, I think. But what if, what if the elders are always making the wrong decisions and they won't listen to me? Well, uh, you have to get them to learn lesson. I think perhaps... Uh, uh, this time we all maybe learn good lesson from spiders. I do not know how some of them will take this, uh, as I kind of look over to where Rowan is sleeping, uh, with deep concern on my face. And I think uh, everybody would would start to wake up through the course of this uh, this conversation with a with a long rest. I think if we're starting to wake up anyway, I think when you look over at me, um, I'm just on my side. Um, and my eyes are open as well, but I'm just kind of staring off. I'll get the fire uh, built back up, and Ben starts uh, stoking the flames. I think Valen's going to take quite a bit longer than usual. Um, most mornings, he spends a bit of time uh, with his book and uh, checking some uh, some divination magic, uh, but he's going to spend a lot more time uh, and do a lot more writing this morning. Um, so over the course of the morning, as everybody starts to get up, uh, I, I think you all notice the difference this this encroaching fog has made. The plane has become a lot less recognizable now. Before, it did just seem like a, a blue kind of overlay or filter on the material, but now those familiar features have all started to disappear, and really you can only see that overlap within 60 feet of you, uh, that fog completely obscuring it beyond. Uh, mm -hmm. It's starting to feel a lot more isolated and separate. Mm. We can still see the beam of light uh, no. in the distance? No, no, no. Throughout okay. the night, you would have lost being able to see the beam of light. Uh, also, towards the end of those rests, the compass, uh, the finger in it now, is just sort of spinning idly. Oh, mm -hmm. good. Um, is, do I still have the compass? Uh, yeah, I think you had it the I whole think time, so, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. so... Uh, yeah, I, I would look at that. Um, um, everyone, I, I'm not entirely sure what this means. Um, perhaps we've arrived at our destination? 
Was there yeah. supposed to be a, a bridge or um, a, a doorway? Um, that was what I was led to believe. Um, hmm. We didn't get all the way. It's it's not working. So it's just sort of like circling around, or yeah, just kind of idly. Like as you move it, the the finger kind of spins and then starts slowly spinning back the other way. This is kind of its resting state when it's not uh, pointing in a direction. And what what what's uh, Star's shadow doing? Uh, Star's shadow seems completely normal. It's uh, it's like all the shadows are kind of weird here. They're a little like hazy and in multiple directions as this like diffused light is coming down on top of you, but. Uh, they are not syncing up. That's easy. Uh, aha. Okay. Um, I check my notes uh, on what I learned in uh, in my first casting of Identify. Um, <laughs> and, uh, oh, um, there, there seems to be a, a, a limit of time. Uh, so uh, I, must, uh, I must use another activation. Um, uh, so I, I suppose um, uh, we can... Once again, use you, Star, assuming that uh, Dust is is very likely looking for you. Yeah, go down. Uh, well, um, shooting Star in the desert sky. Uh, and then quickly, Star's shadow reforms into one solid line, spins around him completely in a circle with as the finger spins, and then points decisively uh, in a direction sort of to the north. As it does, this fog that's in front of you as if something has traveled through it really, really quickly, spins, creating like a tube that you can see through. And just for a second, at the other end of that tube, you see a ghostly looking cabin. Uh, and then the po- fog fills back in. Well, I believe we have our direction. And the ghostly looking cabin, um, it wasn't like, it wasn't the mimic cabin. It was a different cabin? A different cabin, yeah. Uh, that didn't look like our cabin. Perhaps the portal um, resides within. Mm, yeah, I hope so. Uh, well, is everyone ready to uh, get on the go today? Yeah, I'm ready to walk. Yeah. I would prefer to leave this place as soon as we can. Well, I will let Diglin know, and I'll uh, cast message to Diglin. Okay. Oh, Diggy! Uh, good morning. We are ready to proceed once again. All right, very good. Uh, I'll get her up on her feet. And now that you're looking at the group, you have to move a little bit away from the party to, to see where Diglin is. Uh, and you walk a little bit closer to the Mimic Cabin. Uh, and you can see even now, like, the edges of it, of the compound, are blurring out into this fog. Uh, and you see Yuri actually walk out of the fog. And when he is in it, you can barely tell it's him. You can see that it is like a humanoid figure, uh, but it, it's like just their shadow exists. Uh, no facial recognition or anything like that uh knowing yuri as well as you do you might be able to pick him out of a lineup but uh besides that completely indistinguishable until he enters this sort of close ring uh through the fog i hate this plane uh and then the (laughs) cabin sort of rumbles and stands up as it stands all of them disappear into the fog above so you can just see the pseudopods (laughs) kind of clearly below Hmm. gross Suppose we start marching. Okay. Mm-hmm. For the next uh, three hours, you lead the cabin forward uh, towards the direction of the compass, again, constantly having to redirect them as it continues to wander off the path. Uh, 
But then through one of your messages to Diglin, um, you hear back from her. Oh, that's it. We're, we're at the edge. Well, it appears that our destination is outside the forest. Okay. It might be best to prepare everyone in, in case Lilia is waiting for you. Yeah, we are separated. Um, I'm, I'm a little nervous. Would you, uh, would you prefer to wait inside the forest and have us pass through the portal and return to you on the material? I defer to your judgment, but, uh, without you here, I'm, I mean, I can look after myself, but I don't know if I can look after, uh, to be honest. And, like, a little bit quieter. Yuri and Fezrik are going to be no help. Hmm. I... uh, Wait there, I'll, I'll discuss with the others. And I, I'll, uh, yeah, walk back to the group. Um, well, the the cabin has reached the edge of the forest. Mm. And Diglin is somewhat nervous about stepping out of the forest without all of us there to help protect the cabin and the others. Uh, they should stay in the forest. So perhaps we will continue on to the bridge and then return to them. Do That probably makes sense. Dust is pretty yeah. young, and, um... Yeah, I'm not having my family killed over this shit. Mm. Now, uh, the, a question that comes to mind is, if they're hiding in the forest and we're outside the forest, how are we going to meet back up? Compass? The compass should continue to function. Mm. Yeah, well, with the assumption that somebody in the forest is, is the one looking for us the most. And now, oh, Yeah, all right. Has, has Lilia shown any interest in Star? I I can't remember right now. I've been too stressed. Well, everyone finds interest in Star, but <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm the most interested. I don't know if I'm the one. I, I doubt that she wants to find me more than, more than my family does. There's a lot of dangerous things in the forest, too. Mm-hmm. Can they go, can they go be, can they find their way back to Shair and her, her people? Uh, that would take no. two or three days off of what we've just accomplished. And and the compass, would it last? Are we, I could, uh, Mike, yeah. I've used, since we recharged it, getting Shire back, we've mm-hmm. used it twice, I've activated it. Uh, you went from Shire, then you followed ropes back, and then, yeah, so twice, you've used okay. Shire twice. Yeah, I, yeah I, I realized I hadn't marked those charges off, um, so I just marked two, and I was wondering whether it was two or three. Um, um, yes, um, it it should last for um, another eight hours, and uh, should we need to, um, there are charges remaining that we could use. Um, they could. We can see cabin. They can move a lot faster than us. Maybe they could charge on ahead and get out of range. That that spider is really big. Um, I, I'm not sure if, if I'm correct, but my my gut tells me Lilia is the larger danger. And as soon as they step foot outside of that forest, uh, they are quite likely to encounter her. Yeah, I mean, that's assuming that Lily isn't occupied with whatever her larger plan is. I mean, if I were Lily, uh, you know, I'd be aware that, or, I mean, we are assuming that we're a threat to Lily, and we'd be, I suppose, aware of that if I were Lily, but, I mean, if I'd been working as hard as she has on a plan, I'd probably be working on that plan and and hoping I can get that done and then kind of deal with us afterwards. But, I mean, you know, that's... Well, the the last encounter we had with her, from the sounds of it, uh, not that I was awake for any of it, uh, she sounded 
like she was quite intent on uh, removing us from the list of obstacles. Yeah, no, she did. Uh, she did. Uh, she will be unlikely to attack everyone inside of cabin. Lilia cannot fight entire cabin by itself. There are tentacles, there is Diglin with swords, there is Baito with giant ballista. It would be very foolhardy of her to attack uh, uh, out in the open like such. Diglin made it sound as though uh, some of the others are, are not uh, prepared for such an encounter. She seems to think oh? that Yuri and, and Fezrik would, would not be of much help. Uh, why not? I didn't press her. Perhaps... Uh, Yuri has been awake for several nights, it seems. Well, then, well then, I, I think that that settles it. They should stay in the forest. I believe that they are safer in the forest. The larger threat is Lilia. There is, this is without question. Uh, well, your family is the most vulnerable, so... I agree. All well, right, let's go. Yes, agreed. I'll, I'll let Diglin know. Yes, and the faster we go, the faster we can get back. Um, and I'll just go... Um, back to where I can uh, shoot off a message to Diglin. Mm -hmm. um, we've decided we'll head on without you and uh, return as soon as we can. Very good. We'll stay put. Um, and can I just shoot one message to Bido? Yeah. Um, Bido? Hello! <laughs> just wanted to let you know that um, we'll be leaving for a short time, uh, but we'll be back as soon as we can. Um, I expect you to take very good care of um, everyone there at the cabin. Oh, I'm in charge? Uh, no, no, no. Um, uh, please listen to anything that Diglin asks of you. Uh, but I know that I can rely on you and your skills to keep everyone there safe. I'm doing my best, but I'm going to be working within her. She's very strict. Yes. Every time I try to go, you know, like forage or anything like that, she's like, oh no, you got to come back here, you stupid little lizard. Well, tell her not to use language like that with you, that you don't appreciate it. Oh, I give it as good as I get it, that's not the problem. Oh, well, escalation is not always the right answer. Um, I, well, please do listen to her, she, she does know what she's talking about. Okay, I, I do my best. Uh, be careful. You as well. And then, yeah, I'll uh, head back to the others. Uh, as you're moving back, you see the cabin uh, start to dig in and settle into the ground. Yeah, uh, uh, everybody is sort of milling around as Diglin passes on the news. Um, you see uh, Star, your family is all sort of standing together, uh, and everyone's just kind of looking out into the middle distance, you know, kind of waving in different directions, and <laughs> just they understand that you're there but cannot see you at all. So, um, And yeah, but they, they, they settle back down to where they were into the relative safety of the rotten vine. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, well, off we go, I suppose. Okay. So setting off following the finger as it points off into the mist, very quickly you lose sight entirely of the cabin behind you. As you walk now, the occasional tree passing you by as it comes within this little sphere that seems to exist around you through the fog, all the sound kind of muted and, and dulled. You can hear what sounds like birds calling. A couple of times, these silver birds flit into your sphere of vision and then back out again, just disturbing the mist as they go. You walk for another uh, two hours before you start to... Uh, and like, a few times as you're walking, the fog around you changes. You see on 
one side of you, the fog looks like it's falling like a waterfall with this kind of purple and green shimmers coming through it, like there's light behind it. As you walk closer, this fog persists beyond this sort of 60-foot sphere, and you can walk quite a bit closer to it before it starts to fade away. Mm. And that, that happens a few times, this like these shimmering fog waterfalls coming around you as you walk. Mm. Uh, and as you get close to those, it feels like the material gets a bit farther away, like those sounds, the, the ambient sounds of the world outside. Uh, you can tell that it's quite blustery on the material plane right now. Like you can see the snow under you blowing past and you keep unconsciously bracing yourself against this winter wind, even though it doesn't hit you. But as you walk closer to these waterfalls of fog, the, those sounds get muted and that snow becomes less apparent as it blows past you. Could I do uh, an investigation check on those uh, those waterfalls? Yeah, sure. Or, I mean, I guess investigation, right? That'd probably be more applicable than insight or something like that, even though we're on a... What are yeah. they hiding? Yeah. <laughs> What's their mood? <laughs> They're lying to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, just 11. 11? Yeah. What, what do you do to investigate them? So much lately has been illusions and things hiding and uh, shifting forms. And uh, there's just been so much of that lately that I, I guess I'm just eye eyeballing this to see if it's a presence or just uh, like geography of the plane or, or I'm trying to get a bead on it in that sense. Yeah. Um, so you, you get you get an idea that it is like the, the fog's consistency is quite a bit different. Um, you notice a shift in temperature a little bit as you go closer to it. It is warmer. Hmm. Um, but as you walk close to it, even though like I would say like Valen or, or Bree are closer to it than you, when you walk closer to it, it dissipates uh, quite a bit faster than when the others do. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. It knows you're watching it. Yeah. Do, do do we notice it dissipate or is it just a Rowan who notices that? So like, Valen, if you were up closer to it, as soon as Rowan steps past you, it would disappear. Like even when he's right next to you, it, it fades away and more of the material is, is apparent. Uh, have I already done like an Arcana check on the ethereal plane? See what how much I know about it? Um... I don't think so. I would love to do that right now. Sure. Can I do an insight check on the ethereal plane? Just, just see what <laughs> see it's, its intentions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a natural one. Nat one? <laughs> I'm Oops. confused. I'm just... Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is where ghosts live. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will, like, I'll give you I'll give you basic knowledge because people who have had um, some sort, any sort of, like, magical education. I was going to ask, what color was teak? Like a purple... Like a the, pinky, the crystal was a like a purple. yeah like a pinkish purpley more more purple like a uh, like a purple geode that that has light come through it so parts of it would be like a lighter almost pinkish kind of color yeah okay good to know hmm. I'm good <laughs> that's all so for those of you who have a bit of like a magical education um, and general like plane knowledge like the the ethereal plane is one of the planes that people know of more a lot there are a lot of things that travel you into the ethereal so ghosts moving in and out of the ethereal is is uh, a real thing there are certain spells that can transport you in and out it is sort of a, a barrier between the material and a lot of the other plane um, so it's really except for the fey and the shadow fell uh, which exist like the ethereal just laid on top of the material 
the other planes exist on the outside of that, and the ethereal is kind of a highway between those planes. Almost like a, like an atmosphere? Uh, like, like an atmosphere, yeah. The ways to move between them are sort of unreliably through the ethereal. You can find other planes, or you can move through the ethereal to the astral plane, and in the astral plane, you can much more reliably find other planes. Rowan? Yeah. I, so. yeah. Ro- I don't want to be insensitive, but... um. Do you think maybe these patterns have something to do with Teak? Well, I'm not going to lie, it crossed my mind, uh, but I, I don't know what that connection would be. They do seem to they do seem to dissipate quicker when I walk up on it, but now I mean... <laughs> and the color. I think I missed what color it was. Uh, this one was kind of like a green and pink. Right. Yeah. Mm, well, what about the color? Just, um... Maybe maybe it's just me, but, but the pink reminds me a little bit. You, you know, Kara, I'm glad you're saying something, because I, I was just thinking, well, maybe that was all that was, you know, on my own mind or something. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that color's in there, isn't it? I'll cast Detect Magic. Okay. No, nothing surprising pings for you? Yeah, there, there are no real magical effects hmm. uh, within this area. Yeah, after a little bit of time um, sort of setting it up, I don't... I don't detect anything um, concretely magical here. I'm not sure if that uh, eliminates the possibility, but there's nothing I can point to. Can we go? <laughs> yes, I agree. Thank you, Ben. Yeah, Star, you can see, is like standing forward, like at the edge, like clearly looking impatient. We're going to be yeah, walking there, all like... day. Ten minutes doesn't hurt here and there. We're going to have really to walk. Could. Ten minutes could really hurt. On the off chance of saving... Rowan's brother, it might have been worth it. But yes, we can continue. Yeah, it's a long shot. We, we, we should go. I think most of you have never heard Valen sort of be that short with Ben. Yeah, be assertive <laughs> in that way. Um, Star, if, if you're kind of like lingering at the edge, um, you notice that this sphere of, like, you are right next to the haze now. It doesn't clear mm-hmm. as you walk towards it. Oh. I, think, I think when he sees it's not clearing, he kind of uh, instinctively backs towards the group. A little bit? Yeah. Actually, Rowan, would you just stand still for another couple moments? You're reading my mind, Kara. Could, and I'm going to run off to the other side from Star. Uh, yeah, and it uh, as well, you run up to the edge of the fog. Are you going to set him on fire? <laughs> ben, I know things are very hard right now, but you are being extremely rude, and you are, all of us have other experiences than you. You don't know what my experiences are. No, and you don't know what mine are. I know what some of them are. I'm going to ignore Ben. <laughs> Play <laughs> me, Sphere. Play <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I want a flaming sphere to drop on Ben. Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> Rowan, I think it's just you who's moving the fog. Well, that's, uh, that's something. I wonder, uh, I don't know what to think about that. We should keep moving. Yes. Uh, so as you move forward, the um, the sphere of clarity does move with you. Basically, as soon as you start walking again, even before these sort of arguments subside, you hear pretty clearly through the, the otherwise still of the air this strange drumming sound, like hollow tubes that give off different, like, uh, you know you know those tubes that people play? Yeah. The, 
The Blue, the Blue Man, Man Group? group? <laughs> <laughs> the Blue Man Group? Did the Blue Man Group use those? Thank, I, thank, you, thank you, Mitchell. Been, with the, it's, it's been the Blue Man Group the whole time, hasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. Why blue. Who's in charge of the of the ethereal plane? <laughs> it sounds like hollow hollow copper tubes of different uh, of different sizes, so playing different notes. This like strange sort of ghostly tune, just floating through the fog. Star freezes and instinctively reaches for his rapier. Uh, you can all hear that, right? That is not just me. I can hear do, it. Do we have a yeah. direction that it's coming from? Uh, right ahead of you. Oh boy. Um, and well, it we're... slowly starts to get louder, and as it does, you also hear there's something going along with it, singing sort of a harmony, and it sounds like a lot of voices singing in a language that you don't understand. I take up a defensive position. <laughs> yeah, I stand by Bree. Oh, I don't uh, have any weapons. <laughs> <laughs> You're a living I mean, I am, a, I am a weapon, but... Uh... All my real weapons are in the material plane. Uh, so as you take up this defensive position, the sounds get louder and louder, and then out of the fog in front of you, about 60 feet away, you see this little creature come out with these two tubes that they are hitting off of this metal plate on their chest. And they're just banging it, and then they stop and look at you. They have like a little solid black body uh, with this, it looks like a mask, over their over their face they have this kind of like pudgy almost like pudding like consistency as they come in their their arms and legs growing like longer and shorter as they march and play this song uh with this plate that looks like bone over their face uh with just a single hole in the middle and they freeze and stop playing and then pretty quickly after them seven more uh, playing various tubes uh, some of them wearing like little helmets made of metal and they're banging on those helmets with the tubes and one by one, they run into each other, pushing this first one forward closer to you as they all stop and stop playing. So one of them has like a perfectly circular hole in the very center. One of them has kind of an oblong one just up in the right-hand corner of their mask. One of them is just all holes, like barely any faceplate and, and just all holes through it. And they all silently stand and look at you. Hello. And they, one of them just goes like, Abawa. Does anyone? I don't know about you guys, but I like this guy. Uh, They're pretty cute. Hmm. Um, does anyone know what language they're speaking? I don't recognize it, unfortunately. No, me neither. Do I would like to approach them and it? smell them for edibility. <laughs> uh, you step up to smell one. Uh, it smells real. Like, it does have a scent coming off of it, a sort of mm. floral scent. Uh, it's pretty pretty pleasing. Doesn't doesn't smell like a cooked meal or anything like that. You don't smell... It doesn't smell like a roast chicken, but it does... Uh, Smell kind of like potpourri. <laughs> like potpourri. Uh, and as you get close to it, it like bonks you with one of the tubes, and the tube <laughs> rings out, and all of them like throw the tubes up in the air, and they come clattering to the ground, and they all like just freeze and are staring at you. And as they freeze, like just this viscousness of their body sways back and forth until it slowly stops. <laughs> oh, it's all right. It's all right. We're not going to do you any harm. But oh, we're as surprised as you are. I don't think they were expecting us to be solid. No, they weren't. Hello. They seem to be real. Abba. Um, I'll try in Elvish. Abba. <laughs> uh, Abba. Yeah, uh, try in. Star's gonna Iconic. say hello in Dwarvish. Abba. <laughs> hmm. Um. Abba. Star does it. Star like looks at them, and uh, tries to like get their attention a little bit. Yeah, they all turn. And then to does you, it, and one of them and actually then does it picks up a, a 
copper tube and comes over and like bangs you on the shin with it and it goes off and he <laughs> yeah. like looks shocked. And and what and then uh start as a backflip. <laughs> and they, they all just like, oh and then they all like a slinky slorp backwards in like a perfect oh. arch and then their legs slorp off the ground into their mask and then they reform <laughs> straight upwards like they were before oh amazing okay. yeah star is like laughing when when that happens just <laughs> delightful creatures All right, these guys are great thank you uh ben can uh, we take them with us <laughs> i think ben uh he uses thaumaturgy to create a instantaneous sound on the same kind of tone um and key of their different noises like their oh, okay. little musical notes yeah, and that kind of like snaps them out of this reverence that they've been staring at you with, and they all pick up their pipes um, and kind of wave at you and then start playing that song again and start proceeding past you. They they were kind of walking horizontally to you, like you were going forward, they were intersecting your course, and mm. they continue off to your left. <laughs> uh, bye. Well, uh, nice to meet you. <laughs> a ball. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them turns around and is like, a ball. <laughs> uh, well, not everything on this plane of existence is a horror, it appears. They were yeah, pretty weird, uh, though. Oh, it's something just like our plane. Hmm. I uh, mean, they, they may seem good, but uh, what if they are going through something bad? Uh, that's the way people are, you know? There's no reason for us to assume that. Hmm. Well, this I mean, is we how you keep getting yourself into terrible situations, Valen. <laughs> I didn't get dragged to the ethereal because I tried to ha- make conversation with the spiders. <laughs> and and Bria is just kind of like like shaking her shaking her head at your naivete. Um, <laughs> just you know, just doesn't trust. My just naivete trust has nothing anything. to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, regardless, they are making a lot of noise. Uh, wherever they are going or coming from, we should try to keep moving out of the path. Yeah, yeah. I-, I wonder what... I agree, but uh, also it seems... I mean, this plane... It seems to depress all the music, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if that's not some sort of... Uh, like a deterrent. It's sort of like a, a like a rattlesnake tail or... or you know, I, I've got some elvish friends who, who wear bells and that to keep... You know, some of the bears and things a little further away. Mm-hmm. I think that Ben is, is uh, just sort of making uh, an emulation of the, the music they were creating. It's with thaumaturgy. Cool. Rowan, there is great wisdom in that. There are many things that, uh, well, most animals in Ajikisi were more scared of mm-hmm. you than you are of them. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's not much that is seeking out a, a fight to the death, you know. Hmm. Perhaps we should be... Well, we are not in range of spiders anymore. Perhaps if we are approaching portal, we are better to do it uh, less stealthily? Bree seems unsure of this idea, um, Mm. but Um, it's definitely entertaining the thought. We don't really know what they know. They might be able to deal with things that we don't know how to deal with. And that song is pretty unique, so so that really could be less of 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 a bear bell and more of that rattlesnake tail like I first said. Either way, uh, you know, we should, we should stay on the path, but uh, something to think about. So continuing forward, the sounds of that music uh, pretty quickly die off into the fog, replaced only with the, the version that Ben is 
continuing to play with thaumaturgy as you continue are you going to do that for the for the rest of the journey then Un unless he stopped um <laughs> uh yeah so you you continue off into the fog i think within another like half hour of walking or so the sphere uh which you do notice has been closing uh so by the time you get to this point it has now moved from 60 feet down to 50 feet uh of mm. vision beyond this fog uh but within that 50 feet you walk and then out of the fog very suddenly comes the front of a cabin uh the cabin that you saw through the the tube of mist when you first used the compass and a, a cabin isn't really proper for what it is it, it looks like an inn it looks like this sort of three-story inn there are four or five chimneys sticking out the top all spewing out this black smoke there is it looks like flickering light coming through the windows although you can't see through them they look like they're sooted over or uh just very dirty um you can hear voices coming from inside uh of general sort of merriment uh outside there are a few tables uh with some discarded food and drink on them i think as soon as uh ben cuts the music as soon as see it. and yeah so that sits about 50 feet in front of you you notice that the cabin although it is sort of like blue and hazy definitely doesn't it's not on the material. Mm -hmm. This cabin is on your plane. It is much more stark than your surrounding. Much easier to see. Hmm. I wonder if this isn't some sort of waypoint for travelers. It certainly looks like it. Shall we step inside and say hello? What if it's a mimic? Yeah. Then we get eaten by well, a mimic. Well, then, then uh, you got to take risks, eh? Let's go. Okay, who's who's going in? Uh, I'll approach. Uh, yep. Yeah, I'll approach. I'm not sure that I'll go in. Maybe I'll go up to... Is there a window? There is a window, um, but you can't see through the windows. They look like they're covered in sort of a grime or uh, smoke. Like, they're not completely see-through. They're just opaque. I'll, uh, I'll knock on the door. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it sounds like it's pretty loud and raucous on the other side of the door. Like, as you get closer, you can definitely hear, like, laughing... Uh, and talking very loud. So when you when you knock, there is no response. It looks like an inn. Maybe we should just go in. Okay. Uh, do you mind? Maybe before we go in, uh, do a like start does like a like a circle. By like, all means. Yeah, he's gonna walk around the other side. Okay. Uh, so you walk around the outside of this inn. Uh, nothing too surprising on the side. As you walk around, uh, you see a couple more of these grimy windows. You see, there's like a well next to it. Uh, it, it looks strangely normal for where you are. And then when you walk around to the back, um, you see someone who looks like a, like a soldier. Mm. And they are just sitting on the ground, clearly like drunk out of their mind. Mm. Just kind of leaning over, like almost falling asleep and then kind of giggling to themselves. And then they hiccup and then lean back up against the, the wall in sort of this like happy delirium. Human? Human, yeah. A uh, human man looks like he's uh, in his like mid-twenties, this sort of short military-style haircut, uh, but his uniform is all in, like, disarray, looking like he's been through a night of drinking. Okay. Or what's your Start passive perception? 13. 13? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's what you see. Okay. Um, stars, as soon as he sees the person, he's going to, like, kind of start and then yell loud enough for people around the front to hear, he hopes, like, Hello! It is nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll move around yeah, and, we'll and try to match up to walking in that direction. Uh, yeah, so as the, as you hear uh, everyone starting to make their way around the side of the cabin, as you 
shout out, he kind of like jumps where he's sitting and then like one eye at a time opens up and they're both kind of off and then they slowly focus on you. And he's like, oh, hi. What's your name? Uh, I'm Joral. Who, who oh, are you? Eh? You can call me Star. Star. Uh, That's a pretty a good... name. Thank you. And he You're kind right. of starts to shakily get himself up off the ground. Yeah, Star's going to walk over and shake his hand. Uh, like, like stick his hand out. Yeah, so you go to shake your hand just as everyone else comes around the corner. And as he stands up, he like steadies himself on the wall. And when he turns around, you see there is like a huge, like almost ballista sized arrow, like right in his back as he stands up and kind of like steadies himself against the wall and then turns around and is like, very nice to meet you, Star, and reaches out and goes to grab your hand and his hand goes right through you. Yes. And he's like, oh, that, uh, you've, you've got a fair, uh, you have a ballista bolt in your back. <laughs> Do I ever? <laughs> and then kind of like stumbles and, and sits back down on the ground as the rest of you come around. And he's like, oh, more. Hey. Hello. Hi. Hello. These are my friends. Is this, this is friends. Is this a gathering place for for specters? Yeah, you found it. It's the, the, the halfway. And then he just kind of like leans his head back and like it bonks against the wall. And he's like, oh, the halfway house. What? Star reaches out and touches the wall. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you do. You do contact with the wall. And then he puts his hand like to try to touch the, the ghost again. Yeah. And it, it like very slowly moves through him. And, and it does. It feels a little bit solid, like your hand comes away cold. Uh, but it does like get some resistance as it moves through. And he's like, Whoa. so I can't I can't. Why can't you touch me? Why? Why? Uh, why can you touch the wall and I can touch the wall, but I can't touch you. I don't know. Well, I draw the ghost. You're not? I don't think so. The hell are you I'm, doing here? That's uh, uh, spiders. a long story. Spiders brought we us are, here. We are looking for a passage back to the material plane. <laughs> Aren't we all, buddy? Uh, is my yes. Now that we've walked around the, uh, around the cabin, is my compass still pointing in at the cabin? No, it's pointing beyond, still in the same direction. Uh, uh, hmm. <clears throat> Is there a door back here? Uh, there is, yeah. There's a door uh, kind of covered over there. It looks like a, a stable almost back here, but there is a back door. Um, you can hear through the door, like the clattering of dishes and food preparation, uh, more yelling and singing. Uh, ben points at the door and it flies open. And he walks in. <laughs> uh, so you walk into a busy kitchen. Uh, you see a bunch of chefs wandering around. Uh, all wearing like different uniforms and all arguing with each other. Just in, you just walk into this heated argument. You see like this large, like classic French chef, tall hat. He's like bulbous. He has this big curly mustache. He's standing over like a soup pot as someone else is trying to put in this like strange vegetable. And he's constantly pushing the pan away and like yelling at this other like thin little rake of a chef wearing like this nice black tuxedo. And the two of them are like arguing over a pot. You see a bunch of other people sort of like chopping up vegetables. One of them's preparing like this large boar. They're all just like yelling at each other. As you walk in, one of them is like, hey, hey, get out of here. Get back out in the front. Your food will be out there short enough. You can't, you can't rush perfection. Okay, I'll just, the front just right through here. And Ben starts walking past. Yeah, so they, uh, one of them like starts to hurry you out. Um, as you make it to the door and open it into the next room, his hands sort of go through you. 
and as the door like swings closed behind you when you walk into the next room you can see them staring at their hands <laughs> and then up at you through the through the door yeah ben kind of shakes his head and too many chefs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and in this next room you see uh, a big variety of patrons there are probably 80 people in this room drinking some of them are like up swinging from the chandeliers you can see that there is a spiral staircase that leads three stories up each with a balcony filled with onlookers looking over the bottom of this room you can see a variety of uh, soldiers it looks like some merchants there's a couple of bartenders and people like wandering around serving food and drink uh, and it is just like a raucous party over in the corner you can see a band set up a couple of like skeletal figures playing this like strange rotating drum set uh, a couple of like weird exotic instruments you've never seen before all being played together in this like beautiful ghostly symphony uh, yeah, and it's just, yeah, is... just a grand time in here Ben is uh, going through the crowd like actually I guess yeah through the crowd uh, <laughs> and just checking faces just like like popping like over to tables looking at everyone sitting there cool. uh, quickly uh, make a make a perception check. <laughs> Nat twenty plus seven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so before we get there, what are the rest of you doing outside? Well, we clearly don't have time for this. We we've got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Can we smell the food cooking in the kitchen? Yes. Oh yeah. So Bree's Bree's in trouble. Um, <laughs> I, I I think upon seeing Ben go in. Uh, knowing that this is a ghost house and that Ben is a certifiable ghost killer, uh, I'm concerned for him, <laughs> so I'm following immediately behind, okay. and then immediately getting distracted by food, and just like, <laughs> like I think I go in, he probably walks through the door, and I'm just looking at all the food, and then I just start going over to like, pots and pans. Yeah. Okay. Star asks Valen, um, is this, is this where the gateway is? Um, it appears not. Uh, it appears that the oh. compass is pointing further on. But well, uh, then we have to go. How often do we get the opportunity to uh, converse with the patrons of, of the other side? How often is your family in mortal danger? Well, yes, yes, you, yes. You're 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 absolutely right, Star. Um, <laughs> let's let's just go inside and and, and retrieve Benjamin. Uh, okay, okay. Yes, Star will follow Valen in. Yeah, if, I, if I'm the last one out or whatever, I'm just going to do kind of a surveillance over the, I guess, the backyard of this place and I, see if there's anything we might have missed. I'm going to stand with, with Rowan. Um, I don't think Ben's going to listen to me anymore. Hmm, oh, no. <laughs> no, Benjamin's at that stage right now where he's sort of got to figure out his place. Yeah, he's angry. Mm-hmm. And, uh... I mean, obviously, I'm no expert, but uh, yeah, it seems to me like maybe, you know, we, we just kind of show him support the way we can and uh, let him, I don't know, care. So it just seems to me some, some lessons kind of need to be self-taught. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on him. I'm not the best at setting boundaries and stuff. <laughs> and not really in charge of him anyway. Yuri's not the greatest either. Well, that's just it. He's, uh, Benjamin's had a, a different upbringing than I think pretty much anybody else in his shoes. So, yeah, this is new territory for all of us, and most of all, Benjamin, and, uh, well, I don't want to make it seem like I, I'm going to let him, you know, I, my heart's still with him, and, uh, I'm just sort of keeping an eye on him and, and just kind of seeing where his own feet take him. 
That's all. You know, I'm not saying if those feet take him over a cliff or, or you know, up to a, a dragon's maw or something, we, we just let him be. But, uh, you know, he's still still Benjamin and he's still uh, part of our team. And uh, I'm just going to, at least for now, take it as it comes. Yep. Kara's going to sit down, actually. Have a bit of a rest here. Okay. Um, so this... The, the this fella Joral is, is sitting on the ground just like staring at you uh, as you two are having this conversation. You, Rowan, with your insight, you can tell that he is definitely just trying to figure out if he is awake. Um, <laughs> he is like not fully convinced that you're real. <laughs> uh, but as you look around here, it is like you re- you haven't really missed anything. There's not a, the the mist only is is still sort of fifty feet away from you. There's nothing really out here in the back. It, it just looks like behind an inn. The sort of ghostly plane extends on beyond that. So how'd you die? Uh, and he turns and <laughs> points at the big ballista thing in his back. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's, awesome. that's where were you? Oh, I was uh, I was up the up, up halfway up the mountain. My contingent uh, got ambushed by goblins. One of them had uh, had a big fancy device, which I got to see for one second after I turned around when it pulverized me in the back. Well, rotten luck, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, inside, with that uh, nat twenty, Ben, you see a familiar face sitting at a table not too far from you. You see Millie. And she is sitting across from this handsome, princely character. And she is leaned in uh, with interest listening to this story. And uh, as you move a bit closer, you hear him say, Yes, <laughs> and I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for those teens and that damn direwolf. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, Oh, that is fascinating. I am actually here for a similar reason. Uh, and then looks over and sees you mm-hmm. in the crowd. And yeah. she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Ben's eyes narrow. <laughs> and he marches up to her. Hello, it's Mike Farty, your Dungeon Mom. Thank you for listening to another episode of Wonders and Blunders. And hey, guess what? We're nominated for an Audioverse Award. Thank you so much to those who threw our name into the nominations. We really appreciate that. If you want to help us maybe win that award, head over to our Twitter, at Wonder and Blunder, to find a link to our showcase episode, which you can share around so people can have a listen, get introduced to the show, and maybe vote for us. Our Twitter also has things like memes and news. So really, there's something for everybody over there. There's no reason not to go. But that's all for now. Keep being the best. We love you very much, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.